0: I would definitely say to do it. Once you've had the taste of working for yourself, it's very addictive. You'll never want to work for anybody else again. I'm
1: Colin Gray, and this is the final episode of the first series of UK Business Startup. The aim for this series is to give new business owners a grounding in how to get started. I want to help you figure out the big picture stuff, the areas you need to look at, basically how to start off on the right foot. So that means planning, staffing, marketing, networking, and a whole lot more. And on this final episode, I want to make sure that you know whether this is the right thing for you. And if it is, what are the next steps? What do you need to do right now to get started? Alright, let's tackle the first part. Are you sure this is a good idea? Are you sure your business has legs? Here's how Patricia Maguire from Purple Select thinks about it.
2: I go to a lot of startup events where I advise would-be entrepreneurs on whether they're doing the right thing. And the thing that frustrates me a lot when I go to events like this is that people want to start their own businesses because they're passionate about something. And I don't say it to them, but I'm thinking passion actually is not enough. If you cannot make money from your passion, then don't go into business.
1: This is a pet hate of mine too. It's just a cheap way to fire people up, to promote yourself by going around shouting about passion, about how that's the be all and end all. I can't count how many times I've been told, if you have passion, if you're willing to work, then you'll succeed. Well, it's just not the case. For a start, no matter how passionate you are about something, it doesn't mean someone's going to pay you for it. And on top of that, you might be passionate about your own area, but that's not really what you'll be doing in your own business.
2: You have to be smart. You have to understand, like, you know, if you've got a talent or a specialist set of skills, it might be that starting your own business isn't the thing to do if you aren't prepared to do other things that aren't the skill that you've got. So you have to, that's just a kind of like a, almost like a disclaimer for starting a business, is that maybe if you aren't prepared to do the marketing, you aren't prepared to do the business administration and all the rest of it, then focus on your skill and go work for someone else with that skill.
1: I honestly think if, The thing you do is what you're most passionate about, whether that's baking cakes, knitting jumpers, fixing bikes, whatever, then get a job and do amazing work doing that thing. If you're passionate about the subject though, the wider topic and the idea of developing it into something much bigger, then a business could be for you. Right, to the other issue then. Just
2: realize that passion for something alone isn't going to actually build a business. You need to be smart. You need to see that there's an opportunity there to make money.
1: That was Chris Moore from the Content Marketing Academy. How does he test it?
2: The first thing I would say to someone is that if it's a service or a product you're trying to sell, go try and sell it first. Go see if somebody will buy the thing from you. Actually buy it from you. Even if you don't have the product yet, see if they'll actually pay for it. And if you can do that, it can prove that that people are willing to actually buy
1: something from you. For me that's the ultimate test. Can you sell it? Like Chris says you don't have to even have the product in place. If it is a product get people to pay up front for a test version that will come out soon or get people to pay a deposit on a service that you're putting together. Unless you can get at least a few people to put real money down then you have no idea whether what you're putting together is going to fly. Now, alongside that practical testing, you also need to get into a bit more detail. Here's Nicola Donnelly.
3: I think you really have to do your research, make sure that it's a viable option, make sure that the numbers are there, the market's there, the supply chain, you know, the essentials that you need are in place. But if there is evidence that there's a good business proposition there, you really, it just takes some courage.
0: I wouldn't put a massive amount of store on a multi-page business plan, though, that nobody's ever going to read. This is Pete Matthew of Meaningful Money and his thoughts on planning. You need to know what it is you're going to do. You need to know your market, know what you're going to sell them and for how much and what your profit margin is going to be. Yeah, understand payroll and taxation and all that sort of stuff. Um, But that, you know, you can get help with all of that. So I certainly wouldn't let the complexity of it be any kind of a barrier.
1: I love this quote that's probably pretty relevant at this point. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Now, a business plan is an exercise in due diligence, really. Putting one together is one way to make sure that you've thought about everything that you need to. That includes the numbers and the market that Nicola talked about earlier. It just gives you the best chance to succeed, even though you know the way you plan is almost certainly the one way things aren't going to end up. To tie this up, here's Andy with what I think is the biggest benefit of that plan.
4: If you can just work out what your main goal is, what you're trying to provide, that's a very good uh, way to prevent you from saying yes to too many opportunities. Because when you do have this free reign and you're out there and you're working on your business and you're networking, up people will come to you and say, "Oh, look, I've got this project. Can can you do this? Can you do that?" And it's closely related, but it might not be uh, exactly what you set out to do. And so, if you keep saying, "So, say, right, I'm st- what 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 what's the end result I'm looking for?" then that will sort of keep the blinkers on and make sure you're going down the path to well path to success and you're not uh, you're doing things you shouldn't do i've mentioned
1: on a past episode this is someone i struggle with too but andy has a couple of great books to help out
4: the one thing by gary keller and essentialism by greg McKeown. both of those talk about this determination to do the one thing that makes you successful, the the small domino that knocks, all, knocks the rest over. Have that mentality from the start and don't get sidetracked because if you get sidetracked and lose focus, that's a recipe for disaster I found in business. So let's break this
1: down. A passion for the area is a big advantage. I mean, that's a given. But you need to make sure that someone's willing to pay you for it. And once you know that, plan it out. Do some research, but don't go overboard. A little goes a long way. And it'll develop, it'll evolve over time. The main thing is do some real due diligence in planning it out from start to finish. And make sure you're mitigating as many of the risks as you can. Okay, you've tested, you've planned, you've committed. Or have you? That's where there's a bit of argument. Is there a way to cut the risk, lower the commitment and make the jump just a bit less scary?
2: You might be listening to this podcast and thinking to yourself, well, I am thinking about starting my business. And what I would say to that is like a couple of options really for you. And a lot of people are doing this just now where they're working a full time job and they're sort of building their own business part time or in their spare
1: time. And that can be done if you've got the time to do that. You could work two jobs basically if you wanted to. It sometimes feels these days like everyone has a side project going on. It's something they're building themselves to help them escape the cubicle. It can be a good strategy, especially for those of us who are a bit past the standard startup founders stage, where they're all living in a bed set powered on beans and toast and Red Bull. I mean, if you've got a mortgage, a family, childcare, a bunch of other commitments, then you might need to build some side income before you jump. That's what Andy Brown from Triple Your Clients did.
4: I was very fortunate because I had the funds coming in. And maybe that's the strategy you actually, if you can, if it's an online business, have that ticking over in the background while you've got your your full job going on from nine to five. And then it comes to a point where you think, OK, I'm confident I can grow the business I have as a side project into my main business and then give up your, your corporate life or whatever business you have.
1: On the other hand, there's a lot to be said for jumping in feet first.
3: Just do it because there's nothing like some pressure and some fear to make you just get on with things and do it. And I think if you wait for that perfect time, that perfect time might never come.
1: That was Julie Christie from Tea Break Tog, and she's totally right. Andy mentioned focus earlier. Well, nothing focuses the mind quite like your entire income, depending solely on your own decisions, your own effort. It's terrifying. But it's also hugely exciting and massively rewarding.
4: If someone's looking to start out, you should, I believe, have a six months' salary, a pot of money to cover, cover you, because there's no good starting a company and just being scared to do anything just because the income's not coming in. You've got to be relaxed. It's not a fallback, because I, I think you will get through it as you're going through it, if you thought about it through. But uh, it's a stress that it will put on you if you haven't got the income, because you're not going to make. Typically, you're not going to make money from day zero.
1: That's an ideal situation. It's possible for some, but certainly not for others. And I've definitely seen many people jump into business with much less than that in the bank.
3: Don't wait. I think you can wait and you can wait and you can wait, and you could end up on your deathbed saying, I wish I'd done that thing. So I think don't wait, just do it, because there's nothing like some pressure and some fear to make you just get on with things and do it. And I think if you wait for that perfect time, that perfect time might never come. And financially, very few people will ever have that perfect time. I certainly didn't have it. I think when you when you're not financially in a good position to do it, actually that can you can turn that round and make it work for you because you're you've got that pressure.
1: There's that pressure again. Julie obviously thrives on it. And I know I do too, as long as it doesn't go on too long anyway. But even a little bit is not for everyone, especially those with a lot of commitments. If you can, then jump in. But if you can't, then take it slow. Build that side project, build your income. Once you're ready, your gut will tell you. Like I said, you have to be committed and only you know when that is. We're coming to the finish line now, and I was trying to decide on the most useful thing to send you off with. Now, when we were doing these interviews, we had a great range of people, a massive variety of skills. But one thing that came up with everyone, every single person we talked to, was people. The biggest tip, I think, for anybody
2: starting business today is to get around the right people is to get around people that challenge you, get around people that um, listen to you, get around people that actually
1: know what you're going through as well. I honestly can't overstate this. We covered it a bit in the networking episode, but I really wanted to drive it home here. The people around you have a huge effect on what you can achieve and how quickly you'll do it.
4: Surround yourself with positive people, and we talked about networking before. If you can, reach out to four or five people that you really get on well with, uh, who are supportive, who may be running their own businesses. And they'll be attracted to you even if they're running a business that's been successful five or ten years. They they, they know that they can gain motivation, um, skills, um, lots, of, lots of good things from just being around other people, even if you're just starting.
1: Andy alludes to another concept here, and that's the idea of a mentor. Now, it's hugely valuable being around people at the same stage as you. You're swapping ideas, motivating, critiquing, supporting. But it's another thing entirely if you find somebody that's way ahead of you and willing to lend a helping hand.
3: A mentor can be an amazing thing. Someone who's been there and done that and is just ahead of you, maybe a few years ahead of you, who you can learn from. That's gold dust.
1: Okay, needs done, I think. But worth being aware of the other side of this. It's not a mistake, I would say, but sharing your challenges and
2: your business vision and dreams with someone that doesn't understand what it's all about
1: will diminish your dreams and will make you feel bad and won't understand what it is you're going through. I think we've all shared an idea with someone who's cynical, pessimistic, or maybe just a bit inexperienced. And we've been brought down to earth with a bump because of that. Now that's invaluable if the person is just being realistic, if they know what they're talking about. They might save you a bunch of effort going down the wrong path, but you need to learn to tell the difference between a cynic and good critical feedback. At the end of the day, only you know what you're capable of. Only you have the big picture. Share that with the right people. Get the right type of feedback. Act on that. And make sure to take Andy's last bit of advice here
4: don't let those negative people get
1: to you I really hope this series has given you a bit of help in getting started like I said working for yourself isn't for everyone but if you're up for it if it fits who you are then it'll change your life just listen to the ones who've done it
3: if you're willing to work hard and if you're willing to make some sacrifices in the early days then it will all pay off
2: in the long term because you'll have a job that you love. Being able to do your own thing, being able to be flexible, being able to sort of manage your own schedule. You can, you know, make your own money, which is awesome as well. You know, all the things that business owners love to do, then absolutely go for it. It's a lot of fun and you meet a lot of great people along the way as well.
3: The way I look at it is would you be regretting having not done it in three years' time? And if you think that there's going to be any regrets down the line, then you should go for it.
4: It's a chance to really live the lifestyle you want and to create the income you want and, and fulfill dreams.
0: I would definitely say to do it. Once you've had the taste of working for yourself, it's very addictive. You'll never want to work for anybody else again.
2: Find your passion, do what you love, and if you can get paid for doing something that you love doing as well, then that kind of ticks all the boxes. So be good at, if you're good at something and you love it, go see if you can get paid for it and on
1: your own terms. I'm Colin Gray, and this has been Series 1 of UK Business Startup. We'll be back again with Series 2, and I'd love to get your help in deciding what to cover. Let me know your biggest struggles in starting and growing a business. What topic would you like us to do? What experts do you want to hear from? Let me know at info at or tweet me at the podcast host. In the meantime, if you can take a minute right now to jump onto your podcast app or to the iTunes store and give us a review, I'd really appreciate it. It helps us to get this material out into the world and help as many people as we can. Speaking of which, if you've liked this show, do you think it's something you could do yourself? Podcasting is one of the best ways to market a small business. It builds an audience and can grow a whole lot of visibility and trust in the market. If you're interested, then that's what we do here at The Podcast Host through education and services that take care of it for you. Pop over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash business and check out an article I wrote recently that'll talk you through all the benefits and what it takes to get started. Finally, this show is part of the 3B Podcast Network, a group of UK business broadcasters speaking to the world. You can check out the other shows on the network at 3bpn.com. Hey, thanks again for following us through this first season. Like I said, we'll be back. I'll see you then.